Welcome, friends, to our second season of the Reynolds Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and online at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. In our time together today, we want to focus on one of the great characters of the Bible, one of my favorite characters from the New Testament. His story plays out throughout the book of Acts. He's really one of the more lesser-known characters because we get wrapped up in the stories of Paul and of Peter, and we may even forget about this individual, but he certainly plays a major role in the New Testament church, and that is Barnabas. Barnabas's story begins in Acts chapter 4, which is where I want to encourage you to follow along and notice a little bit about this great man of God. The Bible says in Acts 4, beginning in verse 32, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone of them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I love this story as we're introduced to this great character in the New Testament because it tells us a lot about his personality. It tells us a lot about the passions that he had. And it also tells us about his deep faith that he had in the Lord. Beginning there in Acts chapter 4 as this character kind of leaps off the page of scripture. We find something out about him being a person of encouragement. Now that's a nickname that's given to him. Specifically it says from the apostles. But it says he's a son of encouragement to the early church. He was an encourager to others. When I talk about encouragement, and as we think about encouragement, I want us to focus on what it means to really be a son or a daughter of encouragement. What does it mean to be one like Barnabas in the church today? Well, the first thing I think is we need to be sacrificial. We need to sacrifice for others. It tells me a lot about the customs of the early church here when I read Acts 2 and Acts 4. Because I see one of the things that they chose to do was to be benevolent. Do you see that in the text? He says that he was a benevolent person because he took land, and this is Dr. Luke that's writing this text. He's impressed by it. He took land as a Levite, and then he sold the land, and he gave it to the apostles so that other people could have their needs met. And we go back to the Old Testament, we begin to read a little bit about the Levites. We begin to see what God had in store for them. And the Bible teaches us that the Levites had specifically been given their inheritance was to be shared with and to be provided for by the rest of the Israelites. So in, in all respects, looking at his life, he's been used to being given things his whole life. He's not really had to give anything back. And so he's been uh, in a position where people are sharing and they're giving to him. And somehow he saves some money. Somehow he's purchased some land for himself. And there's really no reason why he should have to give that back. But now as he becomes a New Testament Christian, he's left his Jewish faith behind, he begins to now see, you know, I have been given things, I've been provided blessings, and so now I want to share with other people. 
the early church had a, a benevolent spirit, a truly giving heart. As you notice from text to text, going on through to the end of the book of Acts, and even on into the letters of the rest of the New Testament, the early church was extremely giving. It says that any time there was a need, it was met. Two passages come to mind when I think about this text, and Barnabas specifically. One was written by the Apostle Paul, my favorite text in the New Testament. To be sacrificial is to give yourself and then to give your earnings or give your blessings to others. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, Barnabas here is a man of encouragement, a man of principle, because he believes in benevolence. Uh, clearly, he's, he's been in a position to receive. Now he's in a position to give back. And again, that tells me a lot about the, not only his heart, but about the mission of the early church to be giving people and to share what they had. And so if we want to be an encourager like Barnabas, we need to sacrifice for other people. Another text that comes to mind is just a little bit later in the book of Acts, which is in chapter 9. Now, in between these two stories, there's a lot of stuff going on in the early church, specifically some persecution towards the apostles who continue to preach in the name of Jesus, despite the fact that the Roman government said, no, we don't want you to do that, because it was causing a strife between the Jews and then this small group at that time, of a kind of a small group of Christians, which was growing very quickly by the time we reach uh, Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5. And the Jews didn't like it. They were frustrated by this movement. And so as we go through there, then we see that the persecution that happens in the early church, specifically by a man named Saul of Tarsus, the church begins to spread out. The apostles and other church leaders begin to go out and start teaching and preaching in other places, which was part of the Great Commission, by the way. But for some reason, they stayed close to Jerusalem and didn't really branch out much. But by chapter 8, boy, things have really changed. We see Philip is setting a great example by going out and uh, leading people to Christ. We see uh, Peter and John going out to check on those various works. And then we come here to Acts chapter 9, because as the conversion of Saul takes place here in this chapter, which again, it's a, another completely different series, but he makes a decision, he wants to follow Jesus, and he begins to want to preach. He wants to go meet the apostles. He wants to talk to them in Jerusalem. And so the story of Barnabas picks up here, beginning at verse 26. It says, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming out, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists. But they attempted to kill him when the brethren found out they brought him down to Caesarea, and then they sent him out to Tarsus. So we learn a little more about Barnabas's character. He's a lover of people. And whenever you're going to be a, an encourager, you've got to see the best in others. Now, this is a hard thing for the world we live in today because we have a lot of prejudice and we have a lot of uh, you know, bias and, and things that are just really permeating our culture. And we need to figure out how to dispel those things and how we do that is by focusing on Jesus see Barnabas says 
to the uh, uh, dis disciples in Jerusalem, this guy has walked with Christ. Even though it was a short time, that conversion on the road to Damascus and those three days he spent in prayer and fasting recorded here earlier in this chapter led Barnabas to say this guy is really changed. He's heard of his conversion story. He's heard of the persecution that he had to go against immediately preaching after his baptism. And, and as the story plays out, Barnabas says, this guy needs our encouragement. He needs our help. You see, if you want to be an encourager, you've got to see the best in others. You've got to look for something. I believe the Bible teaches us in Ecclesiastes that God created us to be good and we found all kinds of ways to be evil. Inside of us is our soul that God has planted there. We're created in the image of God. And so surely there's something good that can be seen in every person. You may have to dig a little bit sometimes if people are extremely evil, but there is something in there that can be touched by the Spirit of God. It's amazing how convicting the Word of God is, isn't it? Whenever you hear a message and you go, you know, I really needed that. You say, I, I feel like that I need to change. I feel like I need to repent. I feel like I need to do something differently. That's the power of the Word of God that is double-edged. It cuts coming and going. God's Word has the ability to penetrate our heart, to prick our heart, and to cause us to change. Barnabas understood this. And Barnabas said, Saul's a guy here that needs our encouragement. We need to lift him up. We need to build him up and we need to help him. While other disciples were fearful that they would come after Saul or maybe Saul was kind of playing a covert operation. He was trying to come into the church and maybe find people that were faithful and drag them off to prison as he had in Acts 8 and the early part of Acts 9. And Barnabas says, no, when someone comes to Christ with a conversion like this, you've got to see it as good. So Barnabas tries to help him. It is because of Barnabas that he ends up making these acquaintances that will play out later in the book of Acts. As the story of Barnabas continues, take your Bible and just turn over a couple chapters to the 11th chapter. And in the 11th chapter, we find that the church is growing so quickly, and even among Gentiles, and it, notice there in Acts 9, Paul was known for his conversion, or at least his preaching and his authority over the, over the, uh, the Hellenists. He's trying very desperately to reach anybody, whether they're Jew or Greek. He wants to preach the power of the gospel to them. And so we come to Acts 11, and we find it beginning at verse 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word uh, to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists. Again, thinking about Paul, obviously preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to as far as Antioch. Again, Barnabas has been there from the beginning. He's noticed a lot of the growth of the early church. He's pretty much stayed close to Jerusalem, it says. And now they say, when we've got some people that need to be reached with the gospel, we want the son of encouragement to go with us. Keep reading. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then, verse 25, Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. You ever wonder how that term Christian came about? It says that they were called disciples of Christ. They were called part of the way.
But as soon as Paul and Barnabas begin to go out and teach, they say, we got, what are we going to call these people? And they began to call themselves Christians. And maybe that was because of the influence of men like Paul and Barnabas. But notice it says that Barnabas went after him. As I said earlier, uh, a good encourager sees the best in others. And also a good encourager is going to support the work of the Lord. Notice Paul later on in the, in the book of Acts becomes a great leader in the church. It's because of his encouragement that Barnabas took the time to say, Saul, there's more in you than meets the eye. There is more in you. You've got something to offer the kingdom of God. And so he goes and he recalls him. He, he brings him in and he says, I know that the apostles have sent me out to do great work in Antioch. I know that we're supposed to go preach the gospel to every creature, but I need a solitarsis. I see something in this guy who's willing to talk to the Hellenists, not just the Jews, someone who is able to persuade people to come to Christ. And so that's exactly what he does. Paul uh, becomes a great leader because of the mentoring of a man like Barnabas. Within you, within your soul, there, is, there should be a yearning and a desire to serve the Lord with all your heart. I know for me, I, I just want to give God everything I've got. I want to try as hard as I can to minister, to teach, and to preach, regardless of what it might cost me. Barnabas has certainly paid a price. He's even faced some persecution, though it's not recorded of each individual case. The persecution was against the church as a whole, specifically in Jerusalem. And Barnabas has seen all that. And he says, you know what? I believe in what we stand for. And he believes in men like, like Saul of Tarsus, Paul, who's going to change for the good and reach others to do the same. Barnabas saw within uh, Saul of Tarsus a great story. And sometimes the, the best stories are able to influence other people to come to Christ. I've heard so many times people tell their conversion stories. And it sounds so much like some of these stories found here in the book of Acts, uh, where there's a Cornelius, somebody who, who, who just desperately wants to do the right thing. And God sends someone to go and teach them. Or maybe a Lydia who's just trying to be a person of prayer. And individuals come and teach her the gospel. And, and, and Paul's one of those. And she becomes a faithful Christian. So uh, the story of Saul needed to be told. But here's a man who was a very hardcore, uh, diehard uh, Jew who was persecuting Christians because they said they followed Jesus. And now he's got this complete uh, turnaround and people need to hear about it. And so Barnabas begins to help in that way. In supporting others, I want you to notice something else. And this was pointed out to me when I was in college. I thought it was interesting. In Acts chapter 11, and then in chapter 12, verse 35, uh, 25, and in chapter 13, verses 2 and verse 7, it says that Barnabas and Saul went about preaching the gospel. Barnabas and Saul. But then we come to Acts 13, 43, and it flips. It says Paul... And Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, it's no longer Barnabas and Saul, it's Paul, he has a name change, and Barnabas, and it's found that way in chapter 13, verse 43, 46, 50, going on into chapter 14, verse 20, going on to chapter 15, verse 2, verse 22, and verse 35. The three exceptions found there in the middle, in chapter 14, 14, 15, 12, and 15, 22, we see examples of it being Paul and Barnabas. The reason why is because Barnabas, Barnabas realizes the power of persuasion. And he understands that, that Paul has a passion for preaching. And so he pushes him to the front. He says, this guy's a better 
he's a better evangelist than me. He's someone who, who really has a passion to do this. Barnabas says, I'll tell you what, I'll set back and I'll encourage. I'll just lift him up. And isn't that great that he realizes his place as the mentor and now he pushes him forward. And if you'll notice through the rest of the book of Acts, this is the same perspective that Paul takes. Paul will find young men like Silas, like Timothy, uh, even Titus and other great men. And he will push them to the front just like Barnabas did to him. This is, this is what an encourager does. He supports the work of the Lord. He or she supports the work of the Lord and pushes other people to the front. Uh, over the years, I've had the opportunity to teach uh, at Titus camp. I started a preacher's training camp um, 17 years ago, a long time ago. And, and, and in the time that I have been able to encourage and build up those young preachers, I have told them, you need to go out and you need to do the same for others. Hundreds of young men and women have gone through the leadership training. And a lot of those young men are now preachers of the gospel. And I tell them, you need to go and preach and teach and you need to encourage other people because the cycle is unending. And uh, we see the playing out of the Great Commission, which is recorded in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, I need you to teach them to observe all the things I've commanded you. Go and share what your, the knowledge is which, that you have gained, the wisdom you have gained. Go and take that to other people. And that's exactly what Barnabas ends up doing. So he, he supports the work of others. Now, if you're there, I want you to look at Acts chapter 12 and notice beginning at verse 24 how the story continues to play out. It says, but the word of God grew and multiplied and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John Mark or John, whose surname was Mark now into 13. Now in the church that was a uh, that was at Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, the Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Boy, I'll tell you what, I wish we had time to read here on through the rest of the chapter of chapter 13 and read all of 14. Because what you're going to see is to be an encourager, you have to spread the good news. You have to spread the good news. As an evangelist, as one who is preaching and teaching the gospel, Barnabas is sharing good news with other people. He's telling them about the great God that he serves. The gospel means good news. He's telling people the gospel. He's sharing the gospel. He's not ashamed of the gospel. Makes me wonder so much when you look at Paul's life uh, and as he begins to teach and preach, how much of an influence and how many words that he speaks throughout his letters are actually things that Barnabas had said to him. Words of encouragement that Barnabas had given to him and he then passes on to others. I know in my life in ministry, there are many times I will catch myself saying a specific phrase or telling a story or sharing an outline from a sermon or a point in a, in a chapter studying through the word of God that has been given to me by one of my mentors, somebody who has shared with me. So the cycle continues to go in preaching the gospel. You learn it, you grow, you share the gospel with other people. They do the same. So Barnabas has passed on a lot of this wisdom 
to Saul of Tarsus, now at this point going to be going by the name Paul. And now Paul is taking it with him. I want you to also notice here that it says that they took John Mark with them. This is a relative of, of Barnabas. There's some debate as to whether or not it's his cousin or his nephew. But nevertheless, he's a younger man who's been taken in. And Barnabas says, I, I think we need this guy on our missionary journey. Now he'll leave, uh, and we'll get into that in just a minute. He, he kind of goes back, to, back home. He's, for some reason, he's homesick. He's probably a young man. And he then takes and gets on a, on a boat and heads off back to where he came from. But as the story plays out, Barnabas is encouraging John Mark. He's encouraging Paul. And he is spreading the good news. Go through Acts 13, 14, and 15 and see all of these churches that are established. All of these Christians that have been evangelized because of someone who says, I want to support the work of the Lord and I want to spread the good news of the gospel. Where would the church have been without a great man like Barnabas who was one of encouragement? And then as we go forward, I want you to look at Acts 15. Uh, sadly, a lot of times when I've, I've mentioned the character of Barnabas to someone, they bring this story up and they say, well, wasn't there a little problem uh, at the end of Barnabas's ministry? Well, let's, let's look at it and we'll see what happens. So Acts 15, beginning at verse 36, it says, then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now, I understand that a conflict takes place here. There's no doubt that the two of them had an argument. It was pretty harsh. It was pretty difficult to go overcome. And they then parted ways. Before we jump to assumptions and start making a, 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 a kind of in our mind an, an opinion of what happened here, let's look at the facts. John Mark was related to Barnabas somehow, maybe his nephew, maybe his cousin. The fact of the matter is, Barnabas, what do we know about his character? He's a son of encouragement. He's someone who needs, he, he needs people around him that need to be built up so he can push them into ministry. So he says, I think we ought to take John Mark. Now, Paul's statement is, I don't want to take somebody who has not visited these churches. He departed from the work. They got about three cities in on their first missionary journey. John Mark got homesick and he left. And so you, we could think maybe it's possible that Paul was embarrassed. And it would be embarrassing if you've written ahead to churches and said, hey, we're coming, we're bringing three people, and you show up and there's only two. And then what happened to the other one? Well, he, you know, he got homesick, had to leave. It, isn't, it is embarrassing. But also Paul, remember, from the early part of chapter 9, is fearful of persecution. He knows it's going to come. Later on in his letters, he says, hey, look, it, it's going to happen, and I've been persecuted. But by having someone with you that you're not sure he's really going to make the trip, and you're not sure that he's going to be able to stand up for what needs to be said and done, uh, you might be a little hesitant. So Paul's become very bold, and he says, man, we got work to do. We don't have time to take someone like John Mark and, 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 and you know, basically babysit them even though John Mark was probably a fairly um, 
you know, may not have been a middle-aged man, but he was an older young man. And so it's been a little while since the first trip. And it's not that Paul is unforgiving or anything like that. Paul's statement is just, I don't think we need to take somebody who has left us on the last trip. And Barnabas says, I disagree. Barnabas sees it as we're training John Mark. We're training the next generation. And so they end up splitting off, and two missionary teams are established. So some good comes out of it. Barnabas goes off with John Mark to encourage churches, and then Paul goes back uh, to Antioch, and he gets Silas, who would also have been a great worker in the kingdom, and the two of them go off, and they do their thing. Don't think for a moment that because the story from here on follows uh, Paul's journeys, that Barnabas wasn't still significant in his work. John Mark ends up writing a gospel account. Remember that. So, so Barnabas encouraged John Mark to do some great things for the kingdom too. And Silas and Paul, no doubt, do a lot of great things moving through the book of Acts. But it's not that God chooses a side and says, hey, Paul was right and, and, and Barnabas was wrong. It's just that Dr. Luke, who writes the book of Acts, follows along with the journeys here with Paul and Silas and records their story john mark ends up going with barnabas doing some great work spreading the gospel of the kingdom and writes a gospel account he had a great relationship also with peter because he spent a lot of time in jerusalem but nevertheless these stories recorded are meant to encourage especially the story of barnabas that even in a difficult situation when you lose a a great partner and friend in ministry you don't quit the church you don't quit working you don't quit serving. You don't throw your hands up and go, well, I'm just done now. I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to go off and put my head in a hole. Barnabas says, no, I'll go ahead and go on this journey with John Mark. You go on, you grab Silas, and the two of you will go and do work for God. And Paul probably learned from this because later on in his ministry, he says, I need John Mark. He's profitable for me. He's somebody I need right now in my ministry. And so both of them learned and grew through this experience. But what I want you to focus on is that Barnabas did not allow that to change his character. He continued to be a person of encouragement. And if we're going to do that, we've got to be slow to judge and to criticize other people. And he doesn't have, it doesn't tell us anyway here in the book of Acts that he had a, a, uh, a screaming match with Paul. It just says that it was so sharp. It was, it was divisive and they could not agree. Barnabas continues with his character of encouraging a young man to lead. And Paul continues with his character of just not being ashamed of the gospel and preaching it wherever he could and, and leading people to Christ. Barnabas is a great example for the early church today. I want you to see that we need to be encouragers like Barnabas. If there was no Barnabas, there would be no Saul of Tarsus uh, that became a great minister in the king. He would have become a Christian, but he might have fallen away because he was turned away by the apostles. We don't know what would have happened in the missionary journeys because Barnabas said, I need you to come with me. There might not be a great John Mark and a writer of that book in the New Testament if you hadn't had a Barnabas who'd pushed him and taught him to lead. Where would the early church have been without somebody like that? I don't know. But I wonder if each of us thought of our lives as somebody like Barnabas. What if we became the encourager in our church? What if we were the ones who wrote the letters and, and, and knocked on doors and made visits and encouraged people and picked up that phone and called people that were in a, a very difficult time each of us need to learn, and we need to be like Barnabas. We need to be sons and daughters of encouragement.
Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus.